this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Out. The 0-2 What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I am Ty Daubert. We're here. The Phillies have had some pretty exciting victories over the last two games that they've played. Two walk-off wins, Luke Williams and Gene Segura being the heroes. In those ones, uh, the Phillies think they've won two series in a row now, two straight walk-off wins. Kind of hard to believe, considering uh, some of the some of the struggles and, and moments they've had this year. But they're rolling a little bit right now. They're in second place in the in the division somehow. So we're gonna we're gonna break it down for you on this episode. I'm joined uh, by Phillies Nation intern Nathan Ackerman today. First time on the pod. Uh, Nathan, thanks for joining us. And uh, how are you doing? Yeah, of course. I'm I'm stoked to be making my Phillies Nation podcast debut. You know, you're talking about the Phillies are kind of rolling and. You know, people are always like, are the Phillies finally getting hot? And I find myself saying the Phillies are hot. And then I look at the schedule and it's like they've won four or five. So maybe our expectations and our standards are, are are low, but it seems like they're trending in the right direction right now. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I mean, I don't I don't know. The only the only real uh, big stretch that they've gone on over the past few seasons where they are really, really rolling is when uh, Harper said they needed to go out and win nine of 10 or something like that last season. And they went out and did it and it still wasn't enough to push them into the postseason, even with an expanded postseason. But um, yeah, they, it's been a team that over the past few years have struggled to really find long winning streaks and two in a row in walk-off fashion. Maybe that, maybe that starts something, but you can, you can think of some series going back to even, 2019 that one met series where they find a couple in a row and it does not really lead the bamboo series it does not lead into a big winning yeah. streak or the harper walk-off but who knows you you never really know what's going to happen maybe it's the case but they've had some exciting exciting games over the past few um and yeah we're, we're just gonna have to break it down so the first uh two nights ago phillies can't really get much going offensively they're going into the ninth inning it's what a one nothing game uh, the Phillies are in there and doesn't doesn't seem like they're, they're they have much anything going on then uh, as you probably know by now the rookie Luke Williams his first major league start comes in blasts a two-run walk-off home run to steal a win there um, it was a pretty incredible moment his family out he gets emotional talking about his family in the post-game interview just really incredible stuff there Nathan what what was your kind of your reaction to that and just pretty unlikely moment they they were able to pull it off yeah I mean you know team Mac and and I think it was Ben Davis that they were saying on the broadcast they were like he's definitely thinking about the possibility of hitting a walk-off here everybody in the stadium has to be thinking about him hitting a walk-off here but you don't think he's actually gonna do it and that's not a knock on him at all it's just like it's his second career start their first first career start second career game he's never hit a major league home run and then when he goes out and actually does it, it just seemed like they pulled that one from the hands of, of, of defeat. And that's not, that isn't a game that they win, right? The last, the last few years, that just feels like a game where they go quietly. They waste a pretty good effort from Zach Eflin. I think he allowed what eight, eight, eight hits, two walks, but he one run over six is one run over six. And it just felt like, you know, they, they, they have to win 
game started by the one, two, three in, in, in the staff. And it felt like they were getting a great performance from him that they were just going to waste. And then it would have, you know, been another series loss to the Braves and coming off the nationals one, it was like, okay, maybe they can use this as momentum. And then they come out flat against the Braves. They're looking at a chance of getting swept on uh Wednesday. Was it there's Wednesday. And, you know, it's just, again, that, 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 that isn't a game that they win. And, you know, we can talk about the storybook moment with him being on team USA, tearing it up in the minor leagues, coming up, getting his first major league hit on the bunt coming around the third, the guy can fly, you know, we've seen the, we've seen all the, all the tools, but to have that moment there was I mean, something that, you know, he's never going to forget. I don't think any of us are ever going to forget. And if it's something that sparks this team as maybe evidenced by what happened on Wednesday, was that Thursday or Wednesday? It was, it was, it was Thursday. Then maybe it's a spark. Maybe it's something that this team really needed. And, you know, improbable as it was, uh, it, it happened. And it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like you, like you mentioned, Zach Eflin, pretty nice performance. He worked around, worked around some trouble yeah. uh, early in the game and, and put together what was, like you said, one run over six innings is, it is what it is. And that's the kind of performance that, the team's going to need. And then Ranger Suarez comes in and three innings scoreless. He has been, I think I saw that. I think it was Matt Rappa tweeted this out earlier um, for all relievers, all relievers, minimum 20 innings pitched. I guess it's all pitchers, minimum 20 innings pitched. Um, his ERA is the lowest because he has, hasn't allowed a run all season last year, last year really messed up his season with COVID. He was sick and didn't get didn't get to put in the right work and he just wasn't right but going back you think of 2019 at the end of the season down the stretch when they were using him in the bullpen he was really good and then this year he's been even better than they could have imagined I know going back to last spring training they had discussed Joe Girardi had considered him as a as a possible starter candidate and maybe that's in the cards one day but they have such a good thing going right now with him in the bullpen that I don't know if you want, would want to take that away from him just because he's been so effective. And I think he's earning himself. And it hasn't been – we talked about this last week, I think. It hasn't been the most high, high leverage of spots. But he's going out there and doing it over multiple innings. And he's just been – he's just been lights out, like not giving up any yeah. runs on the season. That's uh, it's a pretty hard task to accomplish, and he's done it so far. It's been – it's been really, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, he he comes into moments that in and of itself, they're not high leverage, but all of a sudden you look up, he's thrown three scoreless, and now it is high leverage because the team has has clawed back. And that's what a dominant bullpen, you know, performance in the last three innings will do for a team. You know, it just gives you more, more, more life. And I think the other thing too is, you know, it's it's the volume, the the the, the number of innings with which he's 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 doing it. I mean, Tuesday. They use Bradley, they use Alvarado, they use Brogdon, they use Coonrod. I mean, they use Hale, but whatever. But, you know, you, you, you kind of need not only shut down innings in the last few innings of that game on Wednesday, but you need to save the bullpen a bit too. And when you have one guy that can go out and throw three score, was it three perfect innings? Did he walk one guy in there? Something, something like that. And yeah, I think there was I mean, one base runner. Yeah, but that's also the other thing is innings have been clean. It, it isn't like he's dancing out of trouble every single night. He's allowed something like six hits in his the entire season. I mean, it's just it, it it's not automatic because nothing's automatic, but it feels pretty close to that at this point. And it's something that can, you know, maybe that's a reason why 
well, I guess the bullpen wasn't too great on Thursday. So I don't know if that really went a long way in, you know, saving the pen there, but it's, it's, it's something that not only gives you a chance to win that game, but it gives you a chance to save the bullpen and then sets you up for the next couple of games too. And I'm totally with you. I think, look, the questions in the starting staff are certainly valid. It seems like Vince Velasquez has sort of fallen back down to earth a bit and Spencer Howard's, you know, not able to provide much length at this point. But I think the Howard Suarez piggyback is working beautifully. And, you know, especially because that isn't the only time in a week that 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 Suarez can throw. You know, he can do the piggyback there, throw three, four innings there. And then he can come in on on, on Wednesday and throw, you know, three scoreless innings in the seventh through the ninth. So I'm perfectly content keeping him exactly where, where he's at. Yeah, the, it seems like they have over the course of the season, they've had like – a million different long men at times, Matt Moore, Chase Anderson, yeah. uh, David Hale, guys that can go multiple innings. But Suarez has been the only one that's really been effective and he's been, he's been great. And he was, he was a big part of the reason that the Phillies were able to pull off that walk-off victory with Luke Williams. And, and speaking of Williams, you touched on this. He was, he was tearing it up in the minors to start the season. He left the iron pigs for a week to go play with the with Team USA and the America's qualifying event, which ultimately sent them to the Tokyo Olympics. And uh, he, bat, he batted leadoff, played left field in, in all of their games. He had big hits, a big, big triple in the one game that uh, I think it was a two-run triple that allowed them to hold on to a lead. Like if he didn't hit it, they would have ended up uh, blowing the game. But he gave them that insurance that helped, helped them hang on and you know, Todd Frazier had really nice things to say about Williams, and it seemed like seemed like the team. He he was a big part of it, and that's a that's really it's really impressive. Zach Eflin calling him Captain America, kind of a taking David Wright's nickname back from the back from the World Baseball Classic when it when that was first starting. But just just that the minor league season and the the uh, international season that that's impressive to begin with, and then your first opportunity as a big leaguer to do what he did. Like, I don't know. It's a pretty good story. You couldn't imagine it. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure David Wright is a huge fan of his nickname getting stolen, but I mean, Luke, Luke Williams is emblematic of the type of guy that the Phillies need more of, you know, we've, we've talked about the depth of this team and the, you know, minor league depth of this team. It's, it's not great. At least the, the, the major league ready minor league depth of this team is not great. Um, but guys like him, guys like Nick Maton, you know, Ronald Torres, when he's when he's stepped in, I know he hasn't been, you know, a minor league guy the entire season, but between those three and, you know, it's been a small sample size from from Williams for sure. And then Maton kind of fell off. He's down in Lehigh Valley again now. But those are the kinds of things that this team's going to need, especially if they're going to get injured at the rate that they're getting injured. They're starting to get healthy now. So maybe it's a little bit less. I don't know essential but it's just the kind of thing that this team's going to need and the early returns from him are certainly promising yeah a lot of their position players are older harper harper has injuries they nag him gregorius is hurt right now real muto he's an older catcher he's gonna have injuries just everywhere mccutcheon's older and you know he had an acl there it's just it's just going to happen they're going to have guys get hurt and like you said they're going to need people to step in and so far not everyone has done it, but they have had a few players that yeah. that have produced in in the times that they need them. Um, but yeah, then you know Williams steps in, he hits that home run the next night. Zach Wheeler comes out on the mound and he throws together a 
another amazing performance. He's just pr- been pretty unreal overall this season. He went eight innings without allowing a run. Now he struck out 12 batters in this game. His last five starts, he struck out 10, 12, 14, 8, and 12. And his ERA on the season, let me take a look here. His ERA on the season is down to 2.29 in 13 starts, 90 innings. He has been, he's been their ace. He's been their best guy by far, one of the better pitchers in the National League. And he went out and he, he pitched like that again. And the Phillies for a while, um, you know, they, or they, took a, they took a lead into the ninth inning and it looked like maybe they would, uh, you know, finally, finally give Zach Wheeler just enough run support. They, they haven't given him a ton, but um, they blew it in the ninth inning. They went ahead and blew it. And like you said, you, you, what, why don't you go ahead and, and tell everybody what, what you tweeted, that little joke that you tweeted about, uh, about the production and, and the run support that oh. taking the step in. Yeah, I said, this is my most liked tweet ever, by the way. I said, Zach, Zach Wheeler has taken the Garrett Cole leap in terms of pitching and the Jacob deGrom leap in terms of run support which obviously is out of his control, but it just feels like that's what's been happening to him every single game. But look, this is, I was, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, this is exactly the type of game, the the last two games really are exactly the type of games that you want to win um, when, when Eflin and Wheeler are on the mound and then, you know, Nola too. But uh, I guess we can talk about that later if we're going to, but it's like, you know, if, if Wheeler and Eflin come out and allow zero or one runs over seven innings and you win 10 to one it's like you know you feel like you kind of wasted it because you didn't need 10 runs and maybe they could have gone out and given up eight runs and it still didn't didn't matter if they if they come out and give up nine runs and you win 12 to nine it's like oh we just wasted one of their one of their turns in the in the staff because they weren't that good but it's like the kind of game where they allow like like Wheeler going eight innings, no runs. You feel like you're going to blow it, but you get just enough there. It's sort of exactly the type of thing that you sort of draw up where they're they're dominant and maybe he catches them on a night when the offense isn't that great, but the offense finds a way to just barely get the job. And I mean, just barely, like it took him 10 innings to do so. It took a <laughs> rather eventful Jose Alvarado inning in the 10th. And I, I mean, every inning from Jose Alvarado is rather eventful, but it it feels like this one was especially eventful, but yeah, I mean, this is Wheeler's been awesome. And between Wednesday's and Thursday's game, that's exactly the type of game you want to have when they're, when they're on the mound. So if you are looking for signs that this team can really put it together, winning their starts, especially when they're pitching the way that they did is really encouraging. Yeah. They, they need to win those starts. They're, they're top three with Wheeler Nola, who hasn't been as great, but he's still clearly in the in their second. He's he's their second best pitcher. He hasn't been as great this year. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to completely get into that. We've done that enough on the show, but um, he he's in he's their second best pitcher at this point right now. And then and then Eflin is what he is. He gives them length and he is goes out there. He's mostly solid every single time. They they need to win those starts and the last two games they have done it and they uh. But yeah, at one point it didn't it didn't look like they were going to win that Wheeler start. It looked like they were going to blow another one. Naris comes in and gives up a home run to Freddie Freeman, just sneaks over the fence in center field. So that ties the game, sends it to that sends it to extras. Yeah. And then 
in extra innings, they bring in Jose Alvarado, of course, uh, yeah. famously known for his big fastball, but also lack of control. And yeah, that, that's kind of what he brought. Wild pitch brought in, yeah. brought in the automatic runner. And that was, uh, I don't know, that was, a, that would have been an interesting way to lose a game. Yeah. He, he's walked 22 guys in 21 and a third innings this season. That is not great. And I, I, before that game, I had sort of gotten to the point where it's almost like you can't bring him in with multiple guys on base because either he never has his command and those guys are going to, you know, walk, hit batter, wild pitch, anything. They're, they're going to find a way to score somehow. Or, you know, it'll take him two or three batters to find that, that you know, location. And by then, a couple of runs have scored anyway. But I guess it's gotten to the point now where if anybody's on base, <laughs> you feel like somehow two more guys are going to get on base. And then all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself with the bases loaded, one out, and like a 3-1 count. And he's going to throw a non-competitive pitch that's two feet out of, out of, out of the, the strike zone. And that run's going to come across. So, yeah, we, we knew what we were going to get with Alvarado this season. I didn't quite think it was going to be to this extreme and it's going to be something that if you're going to trust him in high leverage situations, and especially because the high leverage spots are the spots with guys on base, he has to come in, you know, to clean up a maybe first and second, nobody out jam or a first and third one out jam. It's going to have to get a, a, a little bit better. I, I, you know, I don't expect him to, I don't know, lower his walks per nine to like two per nine, but you know, it's going to have to be better than what it is or else we're going to keep on getting the same thing. Every, every Alvarado outing is much must watch TV. It's yeah. awesome. Like that kind of, that kind of effective wildness. I, I think it's amazing. Um, it's not always effective as I guess the Phillies saw last, <laughs> last game. Yeah. Uh, but it is entertaining because you, you really don't know if he is going to be able to throw it where he wants to or not. It's actually really almost impressive like just how he just lets it ride and I, I really respect that just like he just fires back and lets it ride but the Phillies then bottom of the 10th inning uh they start with the automatic runner there um yeah and they were able to pull off they were able to pull off a, a walk-off victory so it, it was pretty pretty impressive that Gene Segura that Gene Segura two run I guess single nearly a home run yeah I guess he just you know, he knew it was either going to be, it's either going to be a home run or it was going to win the game or they caught it. So there was really no need to to book it, I guess, but they pulled it off in that inning. So like, what do you, what do you, what do you see in that, that inning kind of being able to, to fight back? Okay. So the thing that stuck out to me most about that inning, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Herrera setting the plate with the double down the left field line and then the walk-off, but that inning started with an 0-2 opposite field single by Alec Bohm. And it really is true that when he goes, the lineup goes. That doesn't happen if Bohm doesn't do that. And he nearly got picked off, um, you know, a couple pitches after that, which was, you know, that certainly would have been quite a Phillies way to lose that game. But it's that's the kind of thing that he has to do. Not try to do too much. Don't get too pull happy because everybody – you know, in the league is really at their best when they're using the whole field. But I feel like it's especially true for him. And he has this ability to just, when, when, when he's on, that is, when he's on, he has this ability to just go with pitches and not try to do too much. And 
you know, his opposite field singles are some of the prettiest hits in, in the in the game. And that inning doesn't happen without that. So I think getting getting him back, getting his confidence back, he's looked really good the the, the last couple of days, um, the last last week, actually, I guess. Um, ever since the the 17 to what was it, two or three game in Cincinnati where he went three for five or something like that. Uh, he's looked really good. And if he's back in this lineup producing the way that we know he can, I think it changes things. And I don't, again, I don't think they win that game without him. And I think that was probably one of the more important hits in that inning because yeah, you know, the, the Gene walk-off was obviously, you know, the one that, that, that won it for them, but it was also second and third, nobody out. If that doesn't happen, you know, they probably find a way to at least tie it up there. So, um, but if Bohm doesn't, doesn't come through, they very likely lose that game. So that was, I think the most encouraging thing that I saw in that bottom of the 10th. Yeah, last year we saw him shoot so many balls in the right field for base hits. And yeah, um, sure, he had really good, really good luck on balls in play last year. And this year it's kind of normalized a little bit. But there is still a feeling that when he's going well, he's going to shoot line drives in, into the opposite field for hits. And uh, that's really a big part of his game. And he's going to need them to fall. He's going to have to shoot them out there, uh, you know, and keep it away from keep it away from the outfielders. And I think that's a huge key to his game. And if he can find that, I think it's going to going to really help him kind of kind of get back to where he was. And he was really incredible last year. Maybe he doesn't quite reach that kind of production because it was really, really high end production. But I think he can get close if he can kind of figure a few things out here. But then, um, yeah, the Phillies building off building off two walk off wins. They have the Yankees coming up and then a West Coast trip. How do you think they can build off that? Is this the start of a big streak? Is this what fixes things for them? What do you have to say? It, it feels like a cop-out, but I just don't know because it feels like with this team for the last few years, I mean, every time we were, we were talking about it before um, we started uh, recording, but it feels like every time we think this is finally it, the Mets series back in, what was it? 18 with the bamboo, 19 with the, with the bamboo and they had, you know, all those walk-offs, it felt like, okay, this is the start of something. And then, you know, they just fall flat. And then last year when Harper says they need to win nine out of 10, they win nine out of 10. And then somehow they don't make the playoffs in a 60 game season. So that might be what happens again this year, but it feels like what's happening now is this team is actually starting to somewhat resemble a team that is fun. And that has fun playing baseball between you know, the bird poop before the big blowout in Cincinnati. And, you know, I think, I think that day, um, Alec Bohm like called Ronald Torres his home run and then the home run hat. And then, you know, Eflin called the Williams walk off. I mean, I'm sure everybody was saying he's going to walk it off here, but you know, still it's just that kind of thing that just looks like they're having fun. And um, may, maybe that's what this team needs. I saw, I saw JT was staying, was saying earlier today, um, you know, we, we need to start playing like a team again. And he said, it, it isn't that we're boring as a, as a team, but we're just a little bit more serious and we don't have the biggest personalities here. And it's, it's true. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen that. Maybe that explains why it's hard for them to win on the road. Maybe that explains why it's hard for them to put together a real hot streak. That's more than, you know, three or four or five games here and there. But if that's actually what's been happening, you know, I think Archie, Archie Bradley's played a, a big role in the whole home run hat thing. So if that's something that is going to, is, is going to kickstart them and give them a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of confidence, a little bit of momentum, it can, it can go a long way. Maybe that's what sets this, you know, 
could they get hot apart from the other could they get hot yeah maybe these things mean nothing like the yeah. fun stuff and the home run hat maybe it means nothing because i've had them before the bamboo the when they wore those weird duck hats a bunch yeah, that's right like maybe they just maybe this doesn't mean anything and pretty much and it's always nice to have a story like oh this fun thing brought together our locker room and it uh and it made us play well that's always a fun thing to hear from the players but what it really comes down to is they're going to need more consistent hitting from the offense that was supposed to carry them and they're going to need to win more starts with, with their top three and they're going to have to stop their bullpen has been better but they're going to have to stop blowing uh late leads and that's what it's going to come down to they might need another pickup at the at the deadline rotation bullpen um it does maybe a position player they don't really need we probably thought that a bench bat would be more likely than a starter at this point yeah but yeah the fun stuff it, it, you know it's nice for us to talk about and it's interesting to talk about um you know if it does end up being the if they do end up going on a run afterwards, but what it really comes down to is they're just going to have to play better than they have been. And they're one game under 500, but they're only what three and a half games out of first place in the division behind the Mets. So it's not an impossible task. It's going to be hard because the division, at least on paper, is supposed to be good. I think the teams are going to play better than they have been, but who's to say the Phillies can't do it. You really don't know. There's a lot of question marks, especially with some of the injuries they've been dealing with. Yeah, and I think this upcoming week is going to be a huge test because they got the Yankees coming in. And look, the Yankees haven't been playing their best baseball as of late. They just took two or three from the Twins. But, you know, that lineup is still that lineup, and the Yankees are still the Yankees. And, you know, you can't really convince me otherwise. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, encouraging to see them win two out of three from the Nationals and two out of three from the Braves, who the Braves are, you know, a good team. We figured that they're going to get better toward the end of the of the season. But, you know, they're under 500 and under 500 is under 500. So, you know, when you welcome in the Yankees to, I think what should be a pretty relatively full crowd at Citizens Bank Park, and then you go on the road where they've struggled mightily to face, you know, defending World Series champion Dodgers, and then the Giants, Gabe Kapler's Giants, who are all of a sudden good for some reason that I can't quite comprehend. Every um, every every old player they have is like having career a career year. Yeah. I think I looked the other day, when I looked the other day, I don't know what it is now, but Buster Posey's OPS was the same as it was like the same as when he won MVP. And Evan Longoria, before he got hurt, had the highest OPS of his career. And Brandon Crawford's playing well. And Kevin Gosman is kind of broken out. So yeah. that's the thing. They just, I don't know. They, uh, it feels like they have a good kind of structure in place. And Gabe Kapler's Giants, they are, uh, they are playing well, like you said. Yeah, I mean, you know what they say, a manager gets the best out of his players, even if the roster is not great. So maybe it's him. But yeah, I mean, you know, these these are going to be games where we really get to see, can they get hot and can they actually win on the road? I kind of, I don't know, I don't really think it's wise for anybody to buy in on this team until they show that they can do it on the road. Um, you know, even if they were to play, I mean, the, the way that they've been playing on the road this year, they'll they'll have to play basically 700 baseball at home if they want to sniff the playoffs, and it's just not sustainable. So that'll be big. That'll be a big, I don't know, I guess, um, litmus test to see if they're for real, if they can get hot, and yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. This is this stretch is not going to be easy playing on the West Coast, but they're, they're going to have to pull – pull through here and if they can do it I think that could be a big stepping stone for this season but 
Last thing I wanted to touch on is some minor league stuff. Didier Gregorius is currently on a rehab assignment in AAA. I guess that means he could be back soon. He homered, doubled, and singled last night for the Iron Pigs. He's set to play two more games, it looks like. Um, at least two more. I think the next two nights he's supposed to play seven innings. That's what Tom Hasnick from Allentown Morning called. Had in his, one of his latest reports. So we'll have to see how that goes. But it looks like he's swinging a hot bat down in AAA and the elbow isn't bothering him at least too much. So we'll have to see how that goes. But other than that, that's all I got on the Phillies. Nathan, you have anything to add here? No, I think that that pretty much covers it. I, I want to touch on Wheeler, if we can go back real quick, because yeah. I just I just remembered a note that I wanted to to toss in there. But you were talking about the strikeouts in the last few games. He's been, you know, at least 10, I think, for those last five games. And that was the biggest reason why people were sort of hesitant to fully buy in on him last year. He put up a, it was a, let's see, 292 ERA last year in his first season with the Phillies. And everybody was like, okay, that's great. You know, if that's what he's going to be, that's awesome. But he's striking out 6.7 per nine. So I don't know if a guy with you, you, you would figure is going to be wipe out strikeout stuff. Um, it, it felt, I guess, at least mildly unsustainable at yeah, that rate. Yeah. You, you figure year, with that, with that fastball, the 99 mile an hour fastball and the, all the breaking pitchers he has. Yeah. We talked about it a lot, Johnny and I on the show, yeah. like, why is he not striking guys out? Why is he relying so much on the double play ball? Yeah, it's nice to get them, but why is he able to miss bats? And this year he's doing it. Yeah, and he's up to 11.2 strikeouts per nine this year, and it's been especially higher as of late. So I think if there's – I mean, you know, I guess Phillies fans don't really need <laughs> to dig too deep to find reasons why they might have to believe in Zach Wheeler. I saw, I saw, I, I saw a thing that was like, can you name five pitchers in baseball – not named Jacob deGrom who are better than Zach Wheeler. I would, I would one up that and say, can you name five pitchers at all? Even counting, you know, deGrom who are better than Zach Wheeler. I don't know if you can right now. It's tough. It's tough. It's arguable just because it, it has been only uh, like 13 starts at this point or, or whatever. It's a little bit tough, but I don't know. I don't know. It'd be tough to argue. Yeah. And I, I the other thing that, you know, I was kind of watching out for with the whole, foreign substance gate it's been the talk of the town for the last couple of weeks or so is is that going to affect wheeler at all and i don't i don't have the numbers in front of me right now but i believe his spin rates on pretty much every pitch were about where they've been all season so that isn't to say that he was absolutely not using it because you know people are saying pretty much everybody did like some teams might have one or two guys that don't some teams might have zero guys that don't so you know not going to jump to conclusions as to whether or not he was using stuff at all but um, that was definitely encouraging to see, you know, that we've seen some guys numbers dip like Bauer and Cole for a start in there. Their, their uh, spin rates were, were way down and sort of created some some questions about what they're going to be in the short term the rest of the season. And I think with Zach Wheeler, I don't know if those questions are exactly there right now. And yeah, he's been everything the Phillies paid for and more. This is one of, you know, people have said this is Matt Clintock's best signing. And I think at this point, it's pretty unquestionably true. Yeah, definitely. And if he keeps pitching this way, he's going to it's going to be tough with Jacob DeGrom in the NL, but he's going to be up there in NL Cy Young voting. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But I think that's all we got for you on this episode. Thanks again to Nathan for hopping on and thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>